do me a favour. If you are listening, please hit the subscribe button, like, share, rate, review the podcast. It really means more than you realise. I believe every business owner has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picture Book Films. And then my biggest client was about 80% of that. And then the recession hit, if you remember, in 2008. I would say, like, the business went flat overnight, you know, literally lost the business overnight. Yeah. So um, I guess my blueprint was when everyone turned left, I made sure I turned right. Yeah. Like everyone's got this like little gift. Yeah. And my little gift is, is coming up with those ideas and piecing the puzzle together and skinning the cat differently to everybody else. And if you went away from here, the only thing you took from it was this, that you sat down and you wrote a list of every single toxic person in your life, even if it's your own mum. And then over a period of time, you make it your number one priority to remove them from your life. I promise you, your mental health will be better, your bank balance will be better, just your whole well-being will be better. Everything is also empowering people. So it's okay to make mistakes. Like you will working with me, you will scratch your knees. You really will. But you'll never break your neck. And there's a massive, massive difference. And one and of the things I've been dr- I've drilled into the team is that if we were a restaurant, and I correlate what we do to a restaurant, the environments are very, very similar, yeah. we would have a Michelin star. We're not the harvester. For, for me, as long as my tombstone said he tried, that's good enough. Because if you don't try, you'll never know. So as long as you try, what's the worst that can happen? seeking true authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey i provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen this is the county business talks podcast powered by picture book films we mate we're alive hello mate awesome what can i say mate here we are guest number 10 sponsors and the legend that is matt turner hope i don't disappoint mate Mate, listen, so grateful, one, obviously, for your for your support of everything I do, and, and it's been amazing working with you, obviously, over, you know, the last year as well with County Business Clubs and, and, and what you guys do, but uh, I've been waiting to do this for a while. It's been great to actually be, you be part of this, not only sponsoring it and getting involved, but coming in there and having a chat with me, because I've known you for for many years now. And Long time. Seen, seen, the, seen the journey and the growth, and for me, I think you really encapsulate what an entrepreneur is all about and i love it like in the story and just your ethos that's we, we we connected the first time we met and i think uh you you continually inspire me so look, i'm i'm so grateful to have you on and we're going to jump straight in tell the listeners a little bit about your story your career where do i start i guess i mean with creative pod we're a, a full service marketing agency where we are now we, we didn't start that way and we're now knocking on 30 people and i started it back in 2006 and I, I literally I started in my bedroom. I was <laughs> 20 at the time. It was just before my 21st birthday. Uh, I left school when I was 15. I had three jobs, got from every single job. Um, I always say like in business, you should never have any regrets because you made that decision for a reason, for good, for bad. I always say my only regret is I've never had a leaving do. Um, <laughs> ne- never, never had a leaving do. And uh, that's quite depressing really, isn't it? So yeah, literally I, I, I started Creative Pod. I'll never forget I, my, the last time I was sat. He was, tw- was, tw- was 20 when you started. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Friday then... the 31st of March, 2006. That was the last time I was sacked. Okay. I'll start creative on the 1st of April. So, so, but then from a young age, did you then think that when you started out in a career in work, did you then think, oh, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to start my own thing? Always, from, from like the age of 14, Really? 13, 14, always where, new. Where does that come from, that entrepreneur? I don't know, you know. Um, I mean, because you've got to think back then, there wasn't the internet, there wasn't all this sort of bullshit reality TV where everything's made to look easy, yeah. like Apprentice and Dragon's Den and things like that. <laughs> um, 
I think there was just this, I think there was just this inner drive that I wanted to be something that I wanted to be independent. I wanted to be financially free. I under, I understood about money from a very young age. Yeah. You know, I came from quite a you know, poor family. So did, 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 did that mo did money motivate you? Yeah. That, that was what yeah, I think it did. motivated yeah, you yeah. to start. I think at the time I associated money with success. Mm. And now it's different because you know, people are, you know, people always just say, money doesn't buy you happiness. And I'd always say, well, I'd like to find out first. Yeah. <laughs> Before I make that decision, yeah. let me just find out first. And no, people are right. Money doesn't buy you happiness. I think money buys you comfort mm. and it certainly buys you opportunities. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't bring you happiness. I think it comes with a lot more responsibilities. The more noughts, the more responsibilities that come with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, I started Creative Pub within, crikey, nine months. I'd built it up on my own no portfolio, you know, people were still paying for ISDM back then. There was no social media. Um, and I would say within a year, I'd moved out of the bedroom. I'd gone into serviced offices. And then within, so I don't know, within sort of two and a half years, I was probably hitting 300 grand turnover, just on my own. Um, and then my biggest client was about 80% of that. And then the recession hit, if you remember in 2008, yeah. I would say like the business went flat overnight, you know, literally lost the business overnight. Um, I ended up going on holiday. Uh, and I know if, if I was going to die, I was gone on holiday. So I was like 20, 22. One, knocking on 23 when the recession hit. Recession hit. I had no idea or experience as to what a recession even meant. So that naivety probably yeah, saved yeah. me to a certain degree. Uh, and then went on holiday to Dubai, um, ended up winning a hundred grand project on holiday by literally overhearing a couple of people talking about sort of rebrand website and pitched my wares to them and ended up winning this project, signed a contract, had to do it all up front, didn't get paid a penny unless we delivered it. It was like, unless I delivered it, it was like an apprentice challenge. Flew home, got stuff printed, flew back. I mean, it was mental. And then I ended up staying for probably the best part of two years. Came back in 2010, uh, one young entrepreneur of the year. Didn't expect to win young entrepreneur of the year. I had no staff or nothing. I really didn't think I'd achieve very much, if I'm brutally honest. And then a drunken award ceremony, a journalist, interviewed me and said, what are you going to do next? And I said, why don't you quit your job as a journalist at the County Times and start a business with me? And she did. <laughs> and we started a non-for-profit company called Young Start Talent. That was a drunken idea that we said we'd only do once to prove a point. And it was to inspire and find the next young entrepreneur. Yeah. And back then, young, young, young entrepreneurs were still criminals. They weren't cool like they are now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we did it and we delivered it. And, you know, sponsors wanted us to continue. So I doubled the price and they all say yes. And the following year, I doubled it again. And they all said yes. And it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And now I look back and I know we've had more than five, 600 kids come through it and start their first company. Some little wow. buggers have gone on to make millions. <laughs> you know, yeah, that young lad. I, I, met, I met one and there was a young lad done like cupcakes or something, did he? Oh, Gingerbread, there was that Sam. Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he went on to do really well. Yeah. Jubilee Bakes, Harry Damon from, you know, Cocktail Connoisseurs. Yeah. There have been so many, even um, Ben Jeffries from in Influencer, Timothy Armu, yeah. you know, some really, you know, influential, successful yeah, youngsters that, have come out I of just, that. I want to, I want to just go back a little bit. So you, you, you start a business, collapses, go on holiday, 22, 23 to Dubai and win a couple of clients, come back and go, and then go and live in Dubai for a couple of years. And uh, is that just being young and like you said, naive and just going, I'm going to wing this and I'm going to make it happen. Or just that, that what, what strikes me from you, uh, I've known you, I guess that, just that belief that oh, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to make that What's happen. the worst that can happen? Yeah. Like, I, 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 I must admit, like I look back and I think, crikey, you know, <laughs> I just got my first, bought my first flat. I bought my first flat at 18, you know, I'd worked two jobs, a full-time job in London, a night job in yeah. Hawley. You know, I, I was working, you know, burning the candle. So I've always burnt the candle at both ends. I've always yeah. had phenomenal work ethic. Yeah. Um, and as a result, I had a mortgage, five grand in the bank, no job, no income, no clients, not very much security. <laughs> I've only ever worked for dickheads and only ever seen people do it wrong. 
So I guess my blueprint was when everyone turned left, I made sure I turned right. Mm. And okay, you make mistakes as you do along the way, but um, as long as the mistake doesn't kill you, you, you get the confidence, and then you go mm. again, you go again, you go again, and it grows. And you know, it's those, it's those trip ups, those mistakes, whatever they look like, failures, whatever people call them. But that's the learning part, isn't it? That's the best bit. That's the journey. Yeah, it? that's the best. A sailor never learns anything in calm seas, mm-hmm. never. And I quite like, I quite like the fight. I quite like the, you know, the hustle, the stress. I, 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 I look at what you've achieved now and where what you built, and I actually. I don't get me wrong, I'm sure it'd be devastating like if you lose creative the creative group and create pod and something happened and the business is things are. But I just getting to know you as I do, I just there's a feeling inside I just you go, just do it again. Just start saying cows. Just can't start With all that knowledge and contacts and yeah. wisdom and everything else, I'll start saying cows. Definitely. I don't know what, but you know but just that calm like, you always got this calm and uh, Correct me if I maybe you. I'm sure you're not always like this. Maybe you are. I don't know, but always got this this calmness about you. Just, I just make it up. And, you, and the way you come up with ideas, I sit at the table with you. Being, like I said, not only working with you the last year, I suppose, but being around you over the years, and we're we're sitting around the table at lunch somewhere, and you're just you're the one you just come up with ideas, and they're just like, and yeah, we can do it. and that, 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 and that's how we're going to make that happen. Like, like, I love that thought process of that. Don't ask me how it happens. I couldn't tell you. It's just one of those things that happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's no science to it. There's no magic to it. You know, it's it's like it's like I guess it's no different to when you when you see somebody sing. It's that's what they do. You know, that's how their brain works. That's their little gift. Like everyone's got this like little gift. And my little gift is is coming up with those ideas and piecing the puzzle together and skinning the cat differently to everybody else mm. and and that's kind of like my little gift mm. i'm not very good at everything else but yeah. <laughs> you know, that bit you can rely on yeah <laughs> one, one of the best things i'll, I'll say so i've probably had this question down um i've written down probably for ages because i the, the second you come on a podcast i knew that this is one of the ones i wanted to, so you meant you alluded to it just now about no tickets sign on your wall in your office mm. <laughs> which i've had a great picture next to so and no tickets tell me about that mentor well so i guess first and foremost it's probably our terms and conditions <laughs> <laughs> and there is yeah it's, it's worth pointing out to anybody listening there is an asterisk and a small please so we are, we are polite um you know there are things in life that slow you down and they're all dickheads. And if you went away from here, and the only thing you took from it was this, that you sat down and you wrote a list of every single toxic person in your life, even if it's your own mum. And then over a period of time, you make it your number one priority to remove them from your life. I promise you, your mental health will be better. Your bank balance will be better. Just your whole well-being will be better. Everything about you will be better but the thing is people are so used to having those people around them in their life and they're not used to re- you know rejecting people and exiting people out of their life that they tolerate it mm. and um no but in, the same so you're the same with that in all aspects and not just in business but in your personal every life single life. aspect clients staff friends family every, suppliers you know and I've even had clients email me, good clients, to say, look, I've got these issues. I've got to talk to you about them. Otherwise, you're going to think I'm a dickhead. So it's having that as our kind of like mantra has enabled clients to stop and think. It's enabled staff to think. It's enabled me to, you know, I can be a dickhead sometimes. <laughs> yeah, not very often, but now and again, you know. Um, and, and also the other thing is, is that we've had people walk into the office and go, oh, that's very childish. I'm like, brilliant, you've just saved us both an hour of our lives. See you later. Really? You that that's that's it. And and like uh, or I'll say, so you want to work with dickheads. And the problem is as well, is that dickheads are friends with dickheads. So if you don't remove the dickheads, they will just bring more dickheads into your life. <laughs> and if and you think and then you can't get out of it, you know, it's a bit like if all your friends are drug addicts, they're just gonna introduce more and more and more and more drug mm. addicts into your circle. So you've got to get rid of them. Got been them, get them out you, of you, your you, life. When did you get to that point in your life where you thought, oh, oh, uh, this is a, 
this is everything negative because i mean look we, we joke we joke about it and i know me and you've had a few jokes enough i, I do point of frame but there, there is some really valid and serious points because ultimately when, when did you get to a point in your life where you look at it and you go these people are actually having a negative influence on me i need to i need to look at that I think when you're a really positive person, you don't necessarily notice the negativity around you all the time, or you become really accepting that that's the way that person is just a miserable bastard and it's your job to accept it. And then I reckon around the time my son was born, that's probably when I started to change, perspective started to change. Um, You know, you've got to remember I was, you know, 50% shareholder and co-owner of, you know, Crawley Town Football Club for a period of time. And as we all know in football, there's a lot of dickheads. So I think it got to the stage where I accidentally started removing them by not tolerating it anymore and then realising, actually, I'm quite good without these people in my life. What does it look like with less of them? (laughs) Did did you actually go, I'm right? Yeah. At the end of every year, in in my diary, I write a little Hall of Fame (laughs) of the people that have been a dickhead that year. And actually... (laughs) I must admit, it's a lot smaller than it used to be. Because yeah. um, you've removed so many. So many of them. There was so. Um, there was one year in particular. I think it was twenty seventeen. Uh, that was a vintage year. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I was probably onto two pages. And and that twenty sixteen twenty seventeen sort of period was when I really kicked into gear. Um, and I've almost become sort of a little bit infamous for it. You know? <laughs> and it works. It works so, so well in, in every sense. It really is a game changer. For you, for you, I guess, as an individual, just a more happier, content, yeah. fulfilled. Less drama. Yeah. You know, and also the other thing is that we, I, I don't think people realise that. I think the human brain is a bit like a sponge. So, like, it just soaks up the crap around it constantly. Yeah. And um, you'd be amazed when you kind of take that negativity and, you know, that narrow-mindedness or, you know, you can tell it, that sort of person. They're, they're always glass half empty. Um, it's always, what about this and what about that? And and then if there is anything good to, to celebrate or to acknowledge, it, there's always a negative to it. Yeah. And you need those people away. You've got to get them out of your life in every sense. Oh, it's so fascinating. Because... Uh, 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 I look at it and I'm lucky I guess I surround I try to surround myself with those positive people, but then you actually really sit down and look at it because I ultimately I am that person, I'm positive, always a glass. I'm an optimist. Always always been, always will be. People say oh, he's always yeah. got a smile on his face. That's how I am. Yeah. And I generally of course I have low points and we all have dark time, whatever that looks like, but you ultimately try and look at the Basically, you listen to that Rachel Rachel Watkin who's yeah, yeah. Like, she's been through it. <laughs> I wouldn't sit on an aeroplane with her. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> she it. has really been been through the mill. Like, I had to ask that question. I was like, "Wow, you you like? Do you ever sit there and just go, give me a fucking break?" You know yeah, because I mean? like, it was uh, but because like, there's always someone worse off. So that's how I, like, I'm, I feel very blessed and lucky the position I'm in, and I feel you know as much as tough tough times or whatever but it's, it's so interesting to listen to you talk about and when you actually do look and think rather oh, actually people that actually drain you a little bit yeah or hold you me. back or put yeah. you down yeah. you know and sometimes you don't even realize no. that they do it you know you yeah. just you don't even see it because you accept like you said oh it's interesting you you almost get to a point where you've accepted that person is how they are so that's okay then yeah it's not it's almost justified yeah and it shouldn't be Kids. No, I love that. Talk to me. Look, over the last two decades of running your own business, what's been the biggest challenges? I think there's so many. Um, I would probably say, I mean, I'm not 40 yet, so you know, nearly half my life has been dedicated to enterprise and entrepreneurship and community and charity and all the rest of it. I'll probably say the biggest challenge is myself. Um, in the sense that you know you can do it you know you want to do it but you can't it takes time you know it's like a toddler trying to pick up a one kilo weight you will be able to lift it but just not now and you don't know what you don't know so you have to go through all the shit to become out the other end and be brilliant Um, and that just takes time and you can't speed it up you can't accelerate it you can't you know, you can't pay somebody else to do it for you. You have to do it yourself. 
Um, so therefore, although you're probably your biggest strength in the early days, you're by far your biggest weakness. Um, and aside from me, uh, I would say people in general, people are that strange, they're different. They're, <laughs> you know, I've had many, many, many amazing people come into my life. I've had some terrible, awful, horrible <laughs> dickheads come into my life. And that's a learning curve. That's a real, real learning curve. Mm. Um, and that's probably the two biggest challenges yeah. because everything else, everything else doesn't really matter because society is built on relationships. It's built on people. So they're always going to be your biggest challenges. Because many, like, I, I, again, I've alluded to a couple of times downstairs about being in the cell and I found it so difficult. Managing, like, I'd like to think of myself as a reasonably nice person. And I think you go into being a business owner and I was a leader, but I, don't, I think I was a crap boss, if I'm being honest. Like, I, I, look at I used to be a crap boss. Because you, 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 you think, I just... Like, do that or what and I just, I just went I, I talk about culture and blah 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 and all them things but ultimately for me I think oh, I was I wasn't a, a, a great leader so I tried to be a I tried to be a boss and not a leader I think there was a difference but when you the hardest thing about running a business was people mm -hmm. managing those people because you, you're putting blood sweat and tears into something and someone doesn't I accepted after a while that it's not their business they're not going to do that but I am paying them to do a job to just do your job at least or whatever. Yeah, yeah. turn up. That's, that's the um, turn up. I guess that's it. I'll just be there. But listen to you say about them, them challenges over the period of years, the hardest thing about is, is people. Yeah. Mm. And I would say, I would probably say I've changed as a, as a, as a leader or a boss yeah. or a business person, definitely. And what, and because again, we're, we're delving into, uh, I want to talk about that culture because. Now, obviously, we, we've had the privilege of working with the Creative Pod team uh, over the last year, and, and at each touch point, no matter who I speak to, all great. And so you've thank goodness you, you, you've you've but you've created. Now, can you look? You've just been away on like a client weekend. You took people away, and I constantly see posts where the whole group go away and do stuff together, and that team building and that effort that you built up is, is that you. Is that something you've learned over the last few years that changed quite a lot then do you think i think covid was a big a big accelerant of that because for the first time ever we were all you know this you know all fragmented across yeah, our homes and things like that so we had to kind of pull together um as a as a team and things like and, and from that perspective you have to communicate more you have mm. to make a little bit of effort and you know actions speak louder than words mm. and i think covid enabled the team to see what i do for a living yeah. rather than just sort of post the photos have lunch and then go home <laughs> yeah. you know they actually can see the effort that goes in um and, and and you know we did a little exercise and we worked out that for, for for nearly 16 years i've won a client a week for 16 years <laughs> you know so that level of and you've got to think that our clients aren't paying you know 200 quid a month they're paying 1500 five grand 10 grand a month you know and to win one every single week and onboard them and look after them and support them. Yeah, it's a big responsibility. And I guess like when all your clients are growing on that, you know, entrepreneurial journey, I'm in the fortunate position where I effectively get to play Monopoly with everybody else's money. And I get to see them all playing the same game very, very differently. So you can learn from that and you can advise and, and so on and so forth. And everybody wins. And for me, that's really important. Everybody has got to win. If one person doesn't win, then it's a wonky table. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't work. So everyone's got to win. Love that analogy. And you've got to lead from the front. So I'm very transparent with the team. When it's good, I tell them it's good. When it's shit, I tell them it's shit. See, I'll, I'll remember I show them how much it costs to run the company. I show them how much you know it costs per hour to run the company. And then the whole thing, especially with marketing and design and creativity, is that it's either taken for granted because it's like, well, oh, why didn't I think of that? It's so simple, it's so obvious, yeah. but you didn't. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, and the other side of it is, is also empowering people. Yeah. So it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. Like you will, working with me, you will scratch your knees. Yeah. You really will, but you'll never break your neck. And there's a massive, massive difference. And you'll never be bollocked for scratching your knees. It's a learning curve. You're never gonna be brilliant without making mistakes. You know, would Gareth Southgate have become English manager if he hadn't missed a penalty? 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll never know. We have to go through that to understand that. And the other thing is, is that... Are you like that with your... Sorry, I'm going to cut across it, but are you, are you like that with your, your kids as well, like to, to allow them to make mistakes? Yeah, they're going to have to make mistakes. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Otherwise, they'll become pretentious little shits, won't they? You know, <laughs> they'll be expectant, they'll be privileged, which is why, again, with the kids, they do a lot of the charity work with me. They come to charity dues with me. Um, they come to the office and have to work pretty hard for nothing. Um, you know, at last, I think every year our, all of our Christmas cards are inserted into envelopes by my six-year-old son. I think last year, a couple of people got two Christmas cards in their envelopes. <laughs> um, but again, it's work ethic. And I think work ethic has to be taught at a really, really, really young age. And if you miss it, oh man, it's so difficult to, to kind of instill it. Um, and, the, and the problem is, is that with, with marketing, it's all about service and creativity and that experience. And very rarely do you hire a professional service that you talk to every other day or at least once a week, twice a week. You know, your accountant might be once a month, once a quarter, your lawyer when you've been a naughty boy. You know, we shouldn't be that often. So <laughs> so with marketing, it's very, very much a collaborative relationship. Yeah. And one of the things I've been dr I've drilled into the team is that if we were a restaurant, and I correlate what we do to a restaurant. The environments are very, very similar. Yeah. We would have a Michelin star. We're not the harvester. Well, there's no salad bar. There is no refills. You know, it's about the show, the creativity, the attention to detail, the relationship, the rapport. Um, so what we do every quarter, the whole team nominate two colleagues that have gone over and above from a, just from a service perspective. And then those two colleagues I take to a Michelin star restaurant of their choice. Really? Yeah. I think I'm thinking next quarter, the rest of the team, I might send them to the harvester <laughs> <laughs> just to really prove a point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, and then that's been something that's worked fantastically well in the business because it's not the sort of thing that everybody gets the opportunity to do. Yeah. Um, it's again, very creative. And I openly say to them, if we have a shit night tonight, that's exactly how our clients feel. So let's hope we don't. And it's been a game changer again, little tiny little things just to make people think differently. But I'm killing lots of birds with one stone. I'm getting good PR out of it. My team are being recognised for it. You know, they, they, I get I'd have to cook another night. I haven't got to cook. Um, <laughs> it's bringing the team together. It's recognising clients like it. You know, it just it wins across the board, and it works for us. It really does work for us. It's amazing because I, 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 I remember actually, I remember, I remember talking to you through lockdown. Like, again. One of the reasons we're a good friend, I think, just reached out, Sam, how you doing? Just, just catch up, what's going on? And we just caught up on the phone and had a, had a catch up. Where are you? Anything I can do to help and that type of, and it, it was brilliant to, to have that chat with you. Um, but it was, what was, what actually, what was really inspiring for me? Because it was a tough time, but the thing I was just about to launch county business clubs, I hadn't quite launched properly, obviously firm balls had stopped completely. But what was brilliant was actually talking to you and I had things with you actually we've done all right mate we've done this x y and z but not in that oh we're doing really great but just in, it was what i needed to hear actually like actually it's great and i wanted to and i think we've done a i think we've done a feature on it after mm. we've done a little q a about um about you know some changes you made through covid and how you sort of got started you actually yeah. then turned a different corner and grew the business through yeah lo through lockdown didn't you yeah, I guess for me, COVID and lockdown, and I, I would regularly tell the team that not everybody died when the Titanic sank. And if as a team we had to throw a few ladies and babies and children out the way to get onto the life raft, that's what we were doing. You know, we were not going to go down with the ship. And when I look at a lot of our competitors who shrank or struggled or weren't as digital as they thought they were, or they had gone and bought Porsches the quarter before, you know, all of those sort of things then had a knock on effect when Armageddon finally struck mm. and we stuck together, we kept it real. We were, you know, completely honest and transparent with everyone. I think that was one of the, and we got our shit together and delivered. But that, that, and I put the, one of the main things I remember taking out of our conversation when you rang me that day was, because uh, uh, I asked you about, I said, oh, how have you dealt with it? And you said, I've been completely transparent. I said, we need to, this is up from a financial point of view. This is what we need to make. This is what it costs to run a business. This is what we need to do. Mm. I even did a little calculator in Excel, a little, little kind of simulator mm -hmm. to show them how long it would be until we ran out of money. 
And I was like, right, we've got seven months in the bank ready to go. If we don't receive another penny coming in, you're all paid until November or whenever it was. And then November came and said, oh, no, we've got another year. <laughs> and then the rest was history. You know, it was just one off the other off the other. Um, but, you know, and, and also I decided as well quite early on that if everyone was going to go left, I was going right. So all my competitors stopped marketing and sponsoring and advertising. I doubled down. And now I still do those sponsorship and marketing. They can't have those slots. So you slowly, slowly suffocate your competitors because they were narrow-minded or short-sighted. But again, back to that entrepreneurial spirit and just thinking a little bit different and thinking outside the box mm -hmm. from that point of view, isn't it? It's like, like you said, how many people you listen to and ask, oh, people come on this podcast and talk about growing businesses in a recession or in a downturn because they're able to see little gaps and go, actually, everyone's panicking a bit here. Again, I can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. We should go, well, if everyone's doing that and I'll go the opposite way. Yeah. And, and I always remember as a kid, you know, it was the August bank holiday. Me and my brother would always nag our parents to go to Thorpe Park. And the reply was, we're not going because it'll be packed. Yeah. And honestly, I used to sit there thinking, shit, if everybody's parents are saying, no, we're not going because it's packed, it must be empty. Like, no one can be there. Yeah. And that was kind of like the way I looked at stuff. Like, if everyone said no, then the people that actually had a yes <laughs> must be filling their boots, you know? <laughs> so, so, so for me, it's easier to kind of, that curiosity piece, you know, let's yeah. see what happens. Let's explore it. Let's, let's take that risk. And, and, and it just seems like, like that, just your attitude towards all that, like that fear. There's no, there's no fear of failure. There's no, mm -hmm. like, like I said, just that calmness about you. There's not like, well, that might happen. And if that does, I'm worried about, I'm going to worry about what's going to happen. It'll be fine. Done, you know? It'll be absolutely fine. You know, even when financially, like anyone who's financially, when money gets tough, you still find the money from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like it does happen. Yeah. And, and you get a lucky break. You get, and that's why you have to stay positive because if you don't stay positive, you miss your lucky breaks. Yeah. You know, if you're too busy licking your wounds, you don't look up and see what's in front of you. And sometimes you just got to crack on. Love that. Something you are, you know, because like I said, we all go through ups and downs in in that journey. And you know, I've been there where you go, oh, you do, you sort of sit in there, being a positive person, and you still sit there and go, this ain't really working on blah blah blah, yeah. and worry about, and, oh, that money's not coming. So, but actually, if you just pull your head up a little bit, roll your sleeves up, and go, I just got to make that happen. You got to make it happen. Yeah, I'll find that next plan. For, for me, as long as my tombstone said he tried, that's good enough. Because if you don't try, you'll never know. So as long as you try, what's the worst that can happen? And I think the problem is, is that everybody thinks the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. And sometimes it, it is, it genuinely yeah, is. Yeah. But what very few people realise is it also needs cutting. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The grass needs cutting on both sides, regardless how green <laughs> it is. And that's where people go wrong. I love your analogies. That's gold. That's gold. I'm going to use that. I'm putting that in the back pocket. I'm putting that in the back pocket. There's a joke. <laughs> what? Um, talk to me about. Talk to me about some of the challenges. But talk to talk to me about a highlight of your business journey. Like, oh, there's been so many. Honestly, there's. But been... Do you celebrate those small wins? Do you look at that and go? Uh, I probably didn't in the beginning. You know, because uh, onto the next thing. Onto the next thing. So you don't. Um, I've been to the office, the trophy cabinets. Yeah, it's pretty mate. full, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but we do, we really do. And we do as a family as well. You know, we, you know, we, we share those experiences and, and you know, make that kind of part of our family culture, I guess. Mm. Um, the highs, I mean, there's so many. And I would say that being an entrepreneur actually is a bit similar to being like a drug addict. Like the highs <laughs> are unbelievably high and you're almost addicted to them. Yeah. But the lows are soul destroyingly low. And as much as you should get off you can't and you go again and again and again and it's a vicious circle um, i've got lots of highs in all the different kind of departments of my career i guess so yeah from the football club you know i can remember there was a there was a, a, a day where for the first time i got to sit down with john gregory who was our manager at crawley yeah. and i remember and you'll be old enough to remember this actually i remember being i must have been 14 13 14 yeah. And part of my home art homework, I drew a picture of 
John Gregory and uh, Andre Andre Kanchelskis. Do you, yeah, do you remember him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and all those years later, you know, you're now sitting in front of him, and you know, you, there's pinch me moments. There's been so many of them. Um, you and know, did, did you? And at those points, the uh, you look back now and go, "Oh, that was a good moment. That was a good moment." But cause I'm conscious always of trying to. Uh, I talk about a bit about being present. Something I don't think I'm very good at. And I'm trying to learn and be better at, but being present in the moment and actually appreciate better than it. I was. Because you, you talk about it, I've been loads of highs and that, but the, when you look back now, do you go, did I appreciate that at that time? Was you grateful for that at that time? Did you take in that moment and go, this was brilliant? Or was it, yeah, great, next one? A mixed bag, I would yeah. say. You know, there were, the, there were the, the really, really pinched me moments. I definitely, 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 you know, enjoyed them and remembered yeah. them and... You know, I, I, would, I often would have conversations with myself yeah. as the moment is happening. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I can remember when when I um I think I won Business Person of the Year, and I was about twenty six, twenty seven, and I got invited to the House of Parliament. And I can remember we had a dinner, and uh, the MP, you know, made me stand up, and everybody applauded me. I can remember looking around the room thinking, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> you know, 10 years ago, I was in a maths class getting <laughs> detention and now I've got the good and the great celebrating me. Like, how the hell did this happen? Um, and there's been many a moment where I've looked around the room and thought, shit, how did this happen? You know, be careful what you wish for. How, yeah, I don't, I literally ca cannot explain how I got into this situation. So, like, and, but at the end points that it, is there that we, talk, we talked about a couple of people mentioned it tonight about imposter syndrome like ever ever that feeling do you ever feel like oh what, what was your thought part when you're in that moment you go, what am i doing here uh yeah yeah uh, imposter imposter syndrome is a bit yeah. of a wanky thing to say <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like you're not it's because it's become it's become a bit of a buzzword isn't it yeah imposter syndrome is for me I, I use football a lot as an analogy yeah and when you go from youth squad to first team there's a first few, there's a first few months where it's like, wow, I'm playing alongside the legends. Yeah. And then there becomes a point in your career where it's, well, of course I'm on the team sheet because I'm bloody good yeah. and I've earned the right to be on the team sheet and I've earned the right. And, and I think the key with that imposter syndrome, if you're going to call it that, is knowing when you've earned the right to be there yeah. and without it being arrogant as well. Because yeah. you're genuinely contributing something yeah, yeah. towards somebody yeah, or a situation. That's, that's, that's a lot like, to do. Self belief, confidence that you're, like you said, you know, we've all been there in that moment. You know, I'm here, whatever. And then actually realizing, yeah. no, I deserve to be here. Yeah. I deserve it. And, and, and like you said, not in an American way, but just in a. And imposter syndrome is just an insecurity of not knowing all the answers to the questions that you might be asked yeah. because people are scared to say, well, I don't know. You know, we're not the oracle of knowledge, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you can't just expect it just to keep coming out. Yeah. So, yeah, if I don't know the answer, I'll tell you I don't know the answer. I'll call you tomorrow with the answer. You haven't got to know everything now. Yeah. That's, you know, society and culture for you. Talk, talk to me about your young family. We spoke a little bit about this, on, but work-life balance, what, what does that look like for you if you got to a stage what does that mean <laughs> yeah that, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's the other thing what, what does that mean but the because you, you look, you're a busy man you're similar to me we go to a lot of events it's part of what we have we do part mm. of what one that we like doing but it's part of and the nature of the business that we're in you've got to be out and about and, and doing them things but with a young family and well add the do you have a work-life balance? Do you think you've got, has that got better since you've grown a team a bit more? That's a really good question. You know, work-life balance is is a bit like, there's kind of like a romantic expectance of what that should look like, mm -hmm. but it's not the same for everybody else. Like if that works for you and that provides you with a balanced life, then that's your work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And and people say, oh, when you go on holiday, you've got to switch everything off and you've got to unplug yourself and this and the other. And it's like, well, that's an extremity. That's not a balance because what you're going to have is a massive load of anxiety leading up to your holiday. Anxiety whilst you're on holiday wondering what the hell and what shit's going on behind <laughs> you. And then a phenomenal amount of crap as you come back to pick up. Yeah. So then it's like, well, what's the point of going on holiday? 
but then you haven't got work-life balance. So there's this vicious cycle of you never having work-life balance. So like, for instance, if I go on holiday, um, when I'm on holiday, I will check my emails, but it will usually be like when the kids are having breakfast or the wife's in the shower or, do you know what I mean? And it's like, right, I've got a spare 40 minutes. I can bang out a few emails or I can just delete the ones that I need to scan read. And then when I come back off holiday, rather than spending two days wading through 800 emails, I've got 12 emails that I need a proper reply to. And those 12 people already know I'm on holiday and they will get a proper reply in a few days time. That's a better balance than unplugging yourself completely and tying yourself up in knots to unplug yourself and then plug yourself in. I'm I'm exactly the same. And I'm always, and for me, like the balanced piece, it's funny, isn't it? When people talk to you about work, work life, life balance, it's all about everybody else. Yeah. And then they say, oh, but what about your work life balance as you as an individual? Well, you can't do both. You can't make everybody else happy and yourself happy and cane it. But there's just yeah. not enough time in the day. Yeah. So it has to be done in a way that works for like everybody in your in your bubble. Yeah. So like, for instance, if, if the wife or the kids are asleep by half 10, I'm a night owl. I'm not yeah. an early riser. Yeah. So like, I quite like tinkering in, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, you yeah. know, tinkering with numbers, research, strategy, you know. But I'm always home for dinner, I'm all, apart from tonight because you've kept me up all night. Um, <laughs> you know, bath and bed, all that type of stuff. School, yeah. you know, parents' evening was last night. Um, I'm present, parents' evening, nativity, sports day, all that sort of stuff, I'm present. And because you can be, because you run your own business, and you've got that freedom yeah. to do to make those choices. That's yeah, what, yeah. you know. I guess for me, it's as tough as it is sometimes. And you are out late, and you do get up early, and then go to a breakfast, and you here and there, and blah blah blah. At the same time, I do go. I'll be around to pick them up from school. We'll go and see that thing, and and it is that. And 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 the other thing that I I find it really interesting around the whole work balance thing is actually. You love what you when you love your business and you love what you do it's not a job it's not like i don't like i'll put the podcast and i'll sit up on a sunday night and I, you know they've been edited and i'll get it ready for monday when they're going out and blah 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 but i actually love that because i love listening back to what i've just created yeah he's yeah. amazing like, so that doesn't feel like work to me this no. doesn't feel like work to me this no. is i love this yeah yeah exactly like, so you go actually well i'm that is my balance because I'm doing something I enjoy doing. If everyone else is asleep, because I'm, sim- mm. I've been trying to change that a little bit now because I'm an early white. Mm. I just don't sleep basically. I'm, I'm an hour and then I'll get up and. Which is I think the problem is calling it work and life balance. Yeah. It should be work balance and then life balance. Just balance I think just balancing. Gen- like, if you're balancing, gen- if you if you're happy with the input that you put into your business, you're happy with the input that you put in at home and with kids and friends. It's about communication, though, isn't it? like in any part of your life and setting those expectations so if you need to say to your wife saturday write me off i'm sleeping yeah i'm gonna go to bed on friday i will see you on sunday if you but if you don't communicate that then you're gonna have problems because you're either gonna be woken up at the crack of dawn and you're gonna be pissed (laughs) off or people are gonna think you're a lazy oaf and you know it still doesn't help you've got to have that line of communication whether it be good or whether it be bad there has to be that open dialogue of communication. Mm. And and it's funny, you know, we're sort of just come out of award season, I guess. And there's all the dick swinging and entrepreneur of the year and this and the other. And there's aren't our really big balls for growing the business and selling the business and all the rest of it. But actually the one group of people that are completely unrecognized are the partners of entrepreneurs mm. because they have to see it all. And there's nothing they can do about it. They can't really contribute towards it. They're always the last to be rewarded. And then when you are out in the wild, in the public, they're in the shadows yeah. because people are there to talk to you, not them. Yeah. And they're always known as Sam's wife or Matt's wife, yeah. not who they actually are. Yeah. Um, and I think that can take a lot of damage in a relationship. Yeah. It needs to be talked about. It needs to be discussed. This is like, like, it's weird. They're the true heroes, the partners, because without them, we couldn't do our job. Yeah. And that's what like, we mentioned earlier about Kelly coming down, which is nice and no, and I've mentioned it at the end that you know is uh she might I, I see sometimes her face when I go, I've got this idea. No another one. It's like again? Yeah. What are you doing now? Okay, I'm gonna do a triathlon then, I'm gonna do this thing. And, and, and I'll get it, I do get it. But I do I, I I think 
part of it though that's just who i am and i'm i don't I don't think i'm ever going to change i love yeah it's an opportunity and i love to think i want to push the yeah. boundaries and try them different things and totally. stop doing it it wouldn't be if it makes you happy yeah, yeah like, i always think about wives of uh of people who are adventurers you know yeah. climb everest and you know you'll win yeah all those sort of people and and their wives know that's what makes them happy that's yeah. what makes them tick and if they don't let them do it it will just make them resentful yeah. and miserable and even worse than they yeah. already are um so that you need to have that communication support network around you otherwise it falls apart and that communication the key like listen to you talk like even about the business and about you know, like, it strikes me that you're a good communicator like, i try like, like, but but you we look at the culture you create and, uh, uh, within the company um and and that alone really and the, the transparency that you've got with the, with the team yeah like, i said oh, that blew me away a little bit when we phoned me during lockdown he was like mate i sat down and said this is <laughs> this is how much we've got seven months to go this is what we need to earn this but like, i was like a bit like blimey that's yeah something, but amazing and then look, look at the biggest cost which where, where's the biggest cost to coal yeah. oh it's the staff yeah, you know yeah. and we don't want to go down that route so what are we going to do about it <laughs> you know i think as well with covid it enabled me to row at the same speed as the team yeah. so for the first time in a whatever i would say the boat was going very straight and very fast because i was rowing at the pace that the team were comfortable with rather than me constantly trying to drag people along with me and it, when i look at you know when you look at the black and white of it from our 2019 financial year to our 22 financial year we've probably we're probably close to four and a half times the size from a financial perspective wow. you know our headcount pre-covid was nine of us i think our headcount post-covid is nearly 30 of us yeah That's phenomenal it's phenomenal and it's little things because i can't sort of see them all sat in front of me it doesn't yeah. make me anxious yeah, 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 yeah. you know whereas if you go to an office and you see a, a, a floor full of people you think shit who's paying for all of this Whereas if you can't see it it's like it's not real <laughs> Mate, tell me what, what what does the future hold for Matt Turner? you know what that's a really difficult question for me because what i think is going to happen next week normally something even bigger happens so it's really really hard to even answer that question what i'd like the future to hold is 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 i'm quite happy with where i am and and like again you, you'll speak to a lot of entrepreneurs and business people and it's these wanky growth and money and this yeah. and and no one ever speaks about contentment everyone talks about happiness yeah. but the problem with happiness is it is almost like it's a very short-term endorphin like it's an emotion yeah it's like that, that that feeling after you've had something really nice to eat or after your team score a goal or after you've had a cigarette or had sex yeah. or that that kind of like impulse piece yeah. whereas contentment lasts for a lot longer yeah. and i'm really content with where i'm at i'm quite happy um with the pace we're moving at and, and yeah it's fast but it's comfortable and it's controllable and it's manageable and i feel like i've done my apprenticeship now you know i feel yeah. i've earned my stripes um i'd like to I'd definitely like to continue the charitable work that i do yeah. you know for chestnut rocking horse star yeah. trust martlets st barnabas and peas yeah. and st james you know the list is is well low you know it's extensive yeah. and i really enjoy the charity work that i do i also see it as my my karma in society uh, you know yeah, of course. so if I, yeah, yeah. yeah so if i like we'll take rock and horse and chestnut yeah kids have been through rock and horse because they've been put back together a couple of times yeah, yeah. i never want the kids to go through chestnut but i'm happy for both to have my time and my money yeah. so it's like a karma thing um and i thoroughly enjoy it i really love doing yeah, the charity you can tell, work like, we talk about it a lot and like, you can tell that, that passion that you you've got for charity work and all of that yeah um, you've done it for many years like, since I've known long you. long time yeah. more than 12 years or so yeah love it times very much so well, look we're going to finish off as you know with our quick fire questions go for it one piece of advice you give to your 18 year old self learn to say no love that yeah, yeah. to put the fuck off yeah. just say no you know if yeah. you don't fancy it say no you know we've, we, get that. you look back you spend so much of your time pleasing other people yeah. and you're miserable because you're making, trying to make everybody else happy yeah. just say no yeah, love that. Love that. 
who's been the biggest inspiration throughout your life and why? I don't think there's been a single person. I would say at different stages in my life, there's been different people, yeah. whether that be my children or my wife or clients or a member of staff, you know, there, there's always been somebody or something yeah. that you respect. And, and inspiration, I think, is, is quite a, a big word. Yeah. But definitely, like, figureheads that I've respected on my journey, yeah. I think there's been many, many, many people, but not one single person. Could you recommend a book or podcast to our listeners? Has had an impact on you? I'd like to say I read it all the time. I mean, a book a day. <laughs> <laughs> But the last thing I probably read was an in-flight magazine on an easy jet flight <laughs> to somewhere cheap and cheerful, <laughs> if I'm brutally honest. Um, Podcast-wise, uh, I've, I've been listening to John Richards' podcasts. Yeah. Uh, you know John quite well. Really nice. Um, yeah. And I, I like, yeah, John's way of thinking and his process. Uh, and, yeah, people should look him up. He's a really interesting guy. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Finally. What is your one rule for living a fulfilled life? Laugh. You've got to laugh. Yeah. Like you think how long we've known each other. Yeah. You think how many times we see each other. Sometimes we see each other in a week more than we see our wives. Yeah. Every time we see each other, we laugh. Yeah. And whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's depressing, sometimes you've got to laugh at the bad shit yeah. because it's just like, fine. But you've got to laugh. The more you laugh, I think, you know, it, it just gives you that kick. It's like having a little little hit of something you know laughter i do think actually can get rid of a lot of problems which is strange because most comedians suffer with depression so <laughs> you know maybe that's not necessarily the right route if but if somebody else is making you laugh then i think it's um yeah definitely a good thing gotta laugh more love's too Mate, short thank you so much listen thank you for having me for for everything all your support for whatever I've done over years with you know sponsorship but working with you as well and your amazing team has been has been amazing superstars um it's just it's like I said for knowing you and and seeing your journey and now having you on and having a chat to you about it and just you mate in all honesty people ask me who inspire me and it's the people surrounding this community and you're certainly one of them that's really kind. So, cool. thank you so um, much i'm really grateful for for your support and coming on and sharing your story and, and continually inspiring me mate so Pleasure thank you very me. much thank you for having me and that as they say sir is a wrap thank you very much awesome i believe every business owner has a story to tell through seeking true authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey i provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen this is the County Business Talks podcast powered by Picture Book Films.